You know, in college, I got a job at the Alumni Association headquarters. I needed a job, and this one was inside, out of the West Texas heat and the wind. I was 18. I thought it'd be a great job, but I soon found out my duties. You see, I would have to walk into this small cramped room that every single wall was covered in drawers upon drawers. And inside each drawer was just tens of thousands of little cards that had the names of the individuals who had at some point had attended this university. On the individual card, there was a degree, ages, years attended, spouse, all the necessary stuff. And so my job was to, to walk in and I'd go over to the bin where there was a bunch of returned mail. I would get a stack of returned mail, take the first one off the top, go find the name that correlated with it, and then I would have to go and, and, and carefully white out the old address. Then, on an old school typewriter, I would have to just position it, align it just right, precisely, and type in the new address. Then, take the card and put it back in exactly its right place so it can be found next time. I, I did this for hours. It was very detailed. It was very slow. It was it was arduous, and, and make no mistakes, there was no room for distractions. My, my co-worker was a very quiet person who, who had, we had very little social interaction. It was just me and her in a, in a sea of all these returned envelopes and cards and addresses and minutia. Each minute was like an hour. Each hour was... It just drained me to exhaustion. You know, I was just 18. I was a mountain kid. I, I didn't know you could get exhausted getting paid to sit in an air-conditioned desk. And that, that co-worker of mine, she was a, another college student. She was a year older, and she was so introverted. I'd been at this job for a month, and I felt like I was dying just to go get another job of, of digging holes, just to refill them. But she, she loved this job. It was amazing to me. She would come in just exhausted from her time of interacting with other people in class and she would breathe a sigh of relief as she ah, sat down at her desk with her returned mail and could get to business of correcting cards. I remember just, just watching her in shock and horror. Like uh, she would come alive with the whiteout and the typing while I'm over here just dying. I eventually did quit this job and I got a youth pastor job where they they actually paid me money to make a quiet room really loud and lots of fun. And it, it's amazing how God gifts us so differently. It's amazing how we're knit together so uniquely. Thank God for some people who, who love a quiet room of focused work. So, so things get done there. And, and thank God that some people love loud rooms with lots of people in them. And then we're everywhere in between. Today we're talking about giftedness and how God, such a diverse God, he made such a variety of people and he knit them together in such a unique way. And then he gives gifts to his followers. And that's what we're looking about today. But today's sermon is not one of those touchy, feel good, learn about myself, learn about my personality, self-discovery of my gifts. No, 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 no. This is actually vital for your spiritual life. The gifts we're talking about today have to do with your heavenly purpose on this earth. It, it, it talks about how you were uniquely gifted, not just to be who you are and, and, and do what you do, but to impact the world and make a spiritual difference out there 
in the church, in your home, wherever you go. We've just come out of three chapters of Ephesians where Paul's been talking about unity, unity, unity. And then, and then the last, what, last week in, in, in Ephesians 4, in the first part of it, we talked about oneness. He says one seven times. He's just building this case for oneness and unity and togetherness. He's quickened by the Holy Spirit, and that's what he's getting at, a united church. Far above all earthly issues, far above all dividing lines, God wants his people, his children, to find unity above all earthly issues. And yet in verse 7, Paul, who's been teaching about oneness and unity, takes a turn. Because despite all the unity, all the oneness, verse 7 says this, but to each one of us, now he's talking individual for the first time, to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. The word gift is embedded here in this verse, and, and Jesus hands out gifts of grace to his followers, not a, to everyone, just a one-by-one, case-by-case basis. You see, while God's agape love is given on a vast scale, these gifts of grace aren't on a universal scale, they're doled out personally, individually, by Jesus to you, to me. Paul then quotes Psalm 68:18 about these gifts. He says, this is why when Jesus ascended on high, he led a crowd of captives and he gave gifts to his people. When Jesus ascended into heaven, he, he told his disciples, listen, go wait. Because the gift of God is coming, the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit arrived, everything before changed. The gift giving ramped up to a whole nother level. Now, verse 11, Paul's going to tell us about these unique gifts. Interesting, Paul speaks uh, about the gifts of the Spirit in many different places in his writings. This is not the only place. He often talks about this. But at every location, he seems to highlight certain ones and, and leave others out. And, and here, he's just going to talk about five. These five gifts are unique in how they operate. They're unique in where they operate. So here's a list of five. Verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people. He lists off the five gifts to equip his people. That's his church. These five gifts are active inside the community of believers so that we can, we can be matured. We can be equipped. Now, before we look at the gifts specifically, I want to just pause and look at this word equip because it's, it's very interesting. The word equip is used all throughout the Bible in many different places, but this specific word for equip is used only once and only right here. And this word has a very interesting nuance and root. The word has roots in a medical term that, that actually means to set a bone. Like if someone breaks a leg, you would, you would set the bone. Uh, you would adjust it. You would place it. You would, you would bring it back into alignment with the rest of the bones and the surrounding tissue and ligaments. And so these five gifts aren't just for perfecting, as you'll see in some translations, or, or for equipping. They're actually for much something much different, something much better, much bigger. Remember, Paul is constantly thinking of the church in terms of being a body. So these five gifts, when active in the church body, bring alignment to areas where there may have been disconnection. 
They bring order to areas where there may have been confusion. These, these gifts bring healing where there may have been brokenness or fracturing of relationships. Where there's a disruption in a church body, these gifts bring resolution, continuity. Much more than just equipping, this word for equip here is, is a very interesting word to bring into alignment. These gifts are active inside a community of believers. And so let's look at these five gifts. First of all, it says that there was apostle. Now, apostle means one who is sent. Many are familiar with the Bible, may be familiar with this word, and this title given to Paul, Barnabas, and, and others throughout the New Testament. But this word was actually borrowed from the Roman Empire. When Rome would conquer a territory, an apostle was sent as an ambassador of the empire to that new territory, to these, to these new people. And the apostle had the authority of the empire, and their job was to go into this new place and establish Roman culture. You see, the new people, they still have their old ways, maybe their old idols and their old values. And the Roman empire didn't just want the map to read Rome. They wanted the culture of those people to act as Rome. So the apostle would go in and set up gymnasiums and theaters and other Greek things, change the worship, change the social order, and, and shift the entire local culture over to a culture of a greater kingdom. I hope you can see the connection here. Apostles of Jesus are sent with the authority of Christ to go and establish a new culture that reflects the kingdom of heaven. Raise up a church, perhaps clarify a moral compass, institute the values of a kingdom. Where there's disorder, bring order. Where there's conflict, bring peace. Where there's anger, bring grace. These values of this new kingdom should be established. A new culture, wherever the apostle went. Apostles in the Bible, they are powerful and they shift churches. They, whole cities change and, and eventually the entire known world is changed because of the work of these apostles. Apostles have, have a kingdom focus. Sometimes above even a local church focus, they bring a new culture of spiritual awakening to a region. Entire churches can be matured and changed because of the, the work of one empowered apostle. John Wesley, he, he's a hero of, of mine in the faith. He, he powerfully reshaped the church and culture and society during his lifetime. There's been many others as, as, God's, as God chooses to gift them in this way. But the apostle gift is always unique and powerful and undeniable. Apostle changes and challenges a current culture to align with a heavenly one. The second mentioned is the prophet. A prophet is one who receives specific insight or revelation into something that God wants to do, and establish or correct. A prophet can receive insight from the Spirit for an entire church, or even for a specific person or, or situation. It could be from God or, or from God's word. They get, they get something, this is for someone else, this, this verse. These people who, who God gifts this way, they really bring people and churches back into alignment. Prophets see where things are off base. A prophet is often accompanied with the gift of discernment, where they can see where somebody is out of alignment with God's truth. And, and the prophet usually is courageous enough to go tell them and call them back into that in love. This gift builds the local church by providing fresh insight, new revelation, direction, or course correction. There's someone in our church body 
who has proven time and time to me that God reveals things to her in a unique way through prayer and her study of the Bible. And if you don't believe in prophecy that's active, either she's just a really creative guesser or the center of consistent, huge consequences. Consequences. Coincidences. One day in her prayer time, she heard that someone she knew, she, she sensed that someone she knew should switch jobs. And she even wrote down, she heard the new job title they should pursue. Can you imagine calling that person, setting up a meeting, and then telling them that? Well, she did that. She formed a meeting, and she sat down with the person, and she said, uh, I have something I believe that God wants me to tell you. And it might be hard to hear. And before she could even continue going, the person said, oh, okay, okay, okay. But before you do, let me just tell you some news that no one else knows yet. I'm considering quitting my current job and taking another job as a, and, and he said the title that she had heard, the very job. When they both had the chance to speak, it was the deepest confirmation for that person that God was in fact leading them on this new venture. And again, for, for some, it's hard to fathom this thing, but I've gotten these insights that I've gotten these insights personally that can have no other origin but from heaven. And I've seen time and time again, people who walk in this gift, they speak words that are undeniably true and from God. The third, the third gift we're talking about is evangelist. Now an evangelist, that's a cultural buzzword, but it simply means the bringer of good news. An evangelist is somebody who brings the good news. And good news is just another word for the gospel, the good news of Jesus. Evangelists are equipped by God with the desire and the ability to bring the good news of Jesus to people who don't know him yet. Now, we're all called to be sharers of God's good news. We're all called to go share the good news with people around us. But for those with the gift of evangelism, they don't just share. This is a unique gift, and they feel this in their bones. Here in our church, there's a, a gentleman named John Hammonds. And he embodies this gift equipped by the Holy Spirit. You can't get a cup of coffee with John without being invited or he watching him invite somebody else to church or to receive Jesus. It's amazing to me. And, and John takes these walks through town. He'll leave his front door and he'll just ask, Hey, hey God, where do you want me to go today? Or, or to who do you want me to go today? I mean, John is God's free agent roaming the town and everyone he comes into contact with, he just assumes that's, they're there because God wants him to talk to him. And inevitably, he brings up the beauty of what Jesus is doing. And then that person gets an invitation, maybe to join us here at the orchard or to join us in the family of Christ by receiving Jesus. And there are people watching right now, and there'll be people on our lawn Sunday who are there because of John Hammonds' invitation and gift of evangelism. There are people who didn't know Jesus a year ago, now in our church body, because of this gift being present in John's life. And John does this so naturally that pre-COVID, I had asked him to rise up and be a catalyst leader of evangelism in our church. That he would be somebody who helps equip the church and align the church to be more effective in how we go bring the good news. And although our plans have obviously shifted, uh, John is investing himself in, in how he can help the orchard rise up and come into alignment with what God wants to do 
with evangelism. And here's the deal. If you want to know about the gift of evangelism, maybe if you have it or maybe you think you have it, I would encourage you to ask John if you can go on a walk with him. You're in for a treat and you're, on, you're in for a hands-on laboratory of watching this gift of God at work. It's powerful. It's amazing. The fourth gift mentioned, it says pastor, but the word is shepherd actually. Pastor in our culture, that's a career, that's a job, but that's not the original word. It's shepherd. It's a gift of God, whether you're employed at the church or not. A shepherd is somebody who has a deep concern for the, the heart of others that is amplified by this gift of the Spirit. This person may seem to just naturally tend and care for their friends and their family and people in their circles. They, it checks in on people, encourages people, listens to people, is present with people. It may seem natural, but there's a supernatural element to these people with this gift. It's amplified. Shepherds are essential because they go where the hurting people are and bring healing. They see somebody wandering and they go to them and encourage them to come back to the truth. They have a discernment for, for moods and feelings of others. I've seen shepherds go to people that they felt were hurting that I had no clue were even in crisis. This, this is not my strongest gift, but my dad embodies this. And I, maybe you, maybe you've watched him care for you or your family or your loved ones in a meaningful way. I hear stories of people talking about him and they say that he's like a second father or a spiritual father who's come alongside of them and, and helped them grow. And my dad will just show up at your house to check on you. He'll show up at your job to see how you're doing. It's the shepherd gift at work. And finally, there's the, the teacher a teacher has a spirit ability to take the complex and make it simple. Now, Andy Stanley is, is an Atlanta pastor, has always been somebody who I admire because of all the people he embodies this. He can distill the most complex subject to, 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 to just something consumable, to, to something understandable. He does this in a way that others just can't manufacture. It is truly a gift. And we have some teachers here in our body, in our church. And I don't know if you know this, but you've heard them teach right here. Because I have a select few people that I email or I have a meeting with, with the teaching gift. They send me or we discuss topics and verses. And, and they give me some things that I immediately put in here so that our whole body grows. This is, this is teaching gift and action that as they, as they pass on these teaching gifts, it grows and builds our entire church. If you think you have the spiritual gift of teaching and, and, the, and the, some grasp on the Bible, I would love to hear your thoughts. I would love to talk to you. In fact, your growth group probably appreciates your ability to, to, to condense a sermon down to some simple points or, or, some, or the study group or the Bible study down to some salient points. And you'll see teachers, you'll hear them speaking, and you'll find yourself just making mental or physical notes of what they're saying. We have these five unique gifts, but they're individually doled out by Jesus. Different people, different gifts, but for the same one focused reason. Let's read it again. Verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip, align God's people so that they can do God's work and build up the church, which is the body of Christ. And there's this question that many people ask me, some people ask me, how long will these gifts be active? 
And the Holy Spirit answers this question in the next verse, verse 13. This will continue, this building up, this, these gifts remaining active in the church, until we all come to such a unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we are mature in the Lord, that we measure up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Now, I don't think the church yet measured up to the full and complete standard of Christ. And so I believe these gifts and these people are still active and needed in our church life. And for that, I'm grateful. But here's the rub. Here, here's the rub. These gifts are present in God's people right here. Right here. Given to God, given by God to us to build up His church. You see, but in our culture, We've come to rely on one person or one staff to fulfill all the roles of these five gifts. And I just want to let you know, let you know right now, um, God did not gift me in all five of these gifts. Not even close. And so if we're all looking at me for this full list to build up our church, uh, I'm in trouble. And, and you're missing out. And in the staff we still haven't come close to touching what Paul's talking about. Because here's the bottom line. You are gifted by God to help build up His church, to equip it, to, to align the orchard with God's kingdom. You, you are. He's given you a gift to help you align and build up the orchard. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you right now. Even you in the Raiders jersey, I'm sure God has a gift for you. It's obviously not wisdom and discernment, but that's a different topic. Listen, God has gifted each of us. He's gifted you in one of these five ways. And you've probably thought it was a natural ability maybe to see the hurt in other people and go and comfort them. But what if that ability was a gift? What if you're gifted as a shepherd? Then your gift, when activated in this church... It would help heal. It would help protect the vulnerable here in our body. Or maybe you see where a person is going astray or they're out of alignment and you feel that desire to go call them back to the truth. You may get insight from God's word that, that you feel like is for someone else. And you just always assume maybe these things were natural intuition, but, but what very well could be the prophetic gift giving you these little indications that there's, a, there's something dormant within you that God gave you to activate. And when activated, that's when the orchard receives fresh insights. That's when your friends and your family receive clear insight from God, directions and even gentle, loving corrections from heaven. Perhaps you've always felt like maybe you were somewhat of an activist. You want to see sweeping changes in, in culture, in churches, in communities, you may have even gotten involved in some activism or in the, a job or career in that way, but, but consider that your heart may have been knit together and then gifted in a certain apostolic way that you desire to see a cultural change, like a cultural shift to align more with what would be a heavenly value. And if that's you, your gifts are welcomed here so that we can build our church and have an impact on the community around us, change the culture truly. Maybe you have the ability to distill the Bible or discussions down to simple truths for those around you. Or maybe you have a deep desire to, to dig into the word or a topic and, and find the truth in it. 
Maybe this is, has gotten you ahead in your career because you've applied it to other places, but maybe this was a gift from God for you to utilize in the church body to bring clear teaching. We saw a lot of these gifts actually come out and blossom during our shelter in place days. We had those daily Bible studies from just people in the church who wanted to do it. They would study the word and then they would, they would make a short video for us to hear. And, and we got to watch some of the teaching gifts come on display. And on some of them, I had no clue that was in there. I, I know people right here who make uh, Instagram and Facebook stories of just teaching truth to anybody who will tune in. Some of you are natural teachers. You have a desire to, to get this point and then get it out so it helps others. This gift is meant for you to help build up and mature God's church. Or perhaps maybe you really do have a desire to see the lost people come to Jesus. You feel that if if they only knew how good the news was of Jesus, of course they would come. You watch a baptism and you you can't help but cry or get moved because you're hearing the story of somebody who came to spiritual life. If any of this rings true, then your your evangelism gift is just chomping at the bit to be unleashed. Here's the three things that you should be writing down and pursuing this week. First one, which of these gifts has God given me? This is an important step one. Which of these five, God, which of these five have you given me? I want you to pray over this list. I want you to ask God, which, which which one is it? Secondly, Am I, using, am I currently using this gift for the purpose that God gave it to me? Am I, am I currently using this gift for the purpose God gave it to me, which is to build and mature the church? Here's the truth. You're in the right place, but are you on the right purpose? The orchard isn't a place for you to attend. The orchard is a place for you to find and activate your divine and biblical purpose and calling. You are here to help build us up as you are built up by others. We are better together. Most often these gifts God gives go to benefit a business or wherever we're pouring ourselves into. I, I've actually, I, watch, I watch powerful business leaders. They change the entire culture of their business. They establish a new and higher culture and the people in their company love it. Their business is built up, but I always wondered if that apostolic DNA was present in there. And what would happen if, if, if they chose to use those gifts here at the orchard to raise up a new culture of leadership and new leaders? So the first question, God, Which of these five gifts have you given me? Secondly, am I currently using this gift for the purpose that you gave it to me to build up the church? And third, what am I going to do to activate and grow this gift? I mean, now that you you know, what are you going to do with it? You see, when when I began to get a clue about which of the five gifts I thought I might be strongest in, I went and I bought some books. I actually attended a conference that helped me understand that gift. It cost me some money, but, but th- this was my purpose I'm talking about. I mean, we spend money on things that are meaningless that won't last the week. Surely we can, you know, do some asset allocation to our divine giftedness and purpose because the return on that investment is going to be eternal. Like, like, things change when we invest ourselves in these ways. 
And to finish up, what happens when these gifts are present? Listen to this. It says this verse 14 after, after we just, the next verse. Then, after that, we'll no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of some new teaching we hear. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies that sound clever and that sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who's the head of the church. (laughs) I love this part. He makes the whole body, the whole church, he makes the whole church fit together perfectly as each part does its special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So that the whole church is healthy and the whole church is growing and the whole church is full of love. That's who we want to be. But you can see for this to be true, it takes all of us rising up, activating, growing, learning about our gifting and using it here on purpose. Listen, the Orchard Church right now has in its seats on the lawn and right there on those couches online, the raw heavenly DNA to be the most powerful force in our communities. The Orchard, our raw DNA, we're supposed to be the most powerful force in our communities. But for that to happen, we must each realize that we need to step up into the calling, into the gifting that God has already given us. Those gifted in apostolic ways establish and change culture to, uh, to, to align with heaven. There's room for you here at the orchard to exercise your gift. Your gift in prophecy and prophetic ways, your ability to see and speak the truth is welcomed here at the orchard. Those of you gifted with evangelism, our community is 96% unchurched. Your gift is immediately effective. Those of you gifted in in shepherding, through COVID, we have many hurting people, hurting relationships, wandering brothers and sisters who are in need of someone to come alongside of them. Those gifted in teaching, your insight and ability are plug and play right now into our growth groups, into other ministries. And for those of you who don't yet know which of the five gifts that you have, remember the three questions. First of all, God, which of the five gifts have you given me? That's your assignment this week. God, which of these five have you given me? That's your assignment. Read over this, pray over this. Actually talk to other people. Talk to your growth group. This is the best place to look at that. Second question, how can I begin to use this gift here at the orchard? Third, what do I need to do in the present to activate and grow my gifting? Now, orchard, we're in a strange season right now with all these conditions that are going on in our world and our local. But regardless of all that, your gifting is, is valuable and it's powerful. And for some of you, you've been attending church for decades without ever stepping up to do your part. It is time to stop being a spectator in the kingdom. And instead, it's time to get into the arena and be active in this redemptive movement that God's calling us to. We're stronger with you active and involved. For others, you're, you're new to this maybe, and you, you, this is the first time you've heard about these things. You don't know what your gift may be. For you, it's pursue the answer this week. Read and pray and ask those around you. Let us as a church make bold decisions to step into the calling that God has given us, to step into the gifting that he's given us. Listen, 
And at the end of the day, I'd love to hear from you on this because I know out, out there, a lot of you are, are discovering your gifting or, or maybe you have a question about how you can plug in and be a part with your gifting. Email me. My email is always open, daniel at theorchardlife.com. Orchard, we're powerful beyond measure thanks to the work of our Savior who's gifted each of us to come together and be healthy and growing. So let's see what God would have for us. Now's the time. I love you. I'm praying for you. And as always, love God, love people.